But I liked the bit where I was like just a herd of lampposts. Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show. I am Brendan. It is the 20th of June and this is episode 48. I am joined by not one but two new voices this week. I've got Noah Smith. Hello. And Alice Bell. Hello. This is great. It's exciting, yeah. (laughs) You're both new. Yes. Noah is our new video person. This is true. And Alice is our deputy editor. Mm, yeah, I have big shoes to fill. You're, <laughs> you're an Adam, new Adam plus. Um, yeah, you can call me new Adam if you want. I'm not going to. That's <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, we recently introduced Matthew Castle in a, an episode, a couple of episodes ago, and I realized that I did a, a bit of a poor job of introducing him. Like we just, we just said, this is our new video person. All right, let's just continue. And we just went on with doing things. But this time, I'm ready. You're prepared. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to ask you guys some questions because we need to get to know you. Um, our listeners must know the truth about you both. <laughs> uh, so let's start. I'm just going to ask some general questions about what kind of games you like. So... Let's let's start with Alice. What kind of games do you like, Alice? Um, I play a lot of RPGs. Um, so I like uh your kind your Mass Effects and your Dragon Ages quite a lot. Um, and uh, also really into kind of like weird sort of semi occult kind of like Dishonored. I really love Dishonored. Um, and I love like horror games, but weird kind of. Not like your outlasts, but you're more like your soma or kind of just mm. strange things like the sort of thing that Alexis Kennedy makes. I like a lot. Creepy, creepy things. Yeah, weird, creepy things. All right. You used to work at your at video gamer. Yeah, video gamer. And Noah used to work. You used to do a YouTube channel called Critique Quest. Yeah, yeah, I had two actually, but um, the first one was kind of more of an informal thing where I just kind of did lazy reviews, <laughs> and then yeah, decided to start Critique Quest because I wanted to do more like analytical kind of things, which is what and, I wound up doing. And what games do you like? Horror as well, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh no! I really, I know, right? I love horror. I love horror as a medium, but especially in video games. Um, Similarly, I like the kind of smaller, more esoteric kind of stuff, like, you know, made by one or two people, because I think there's a lot more kind of imagination going on there. I recently played Anatomy and VHS 
on itch mm. and mm-hmm. uh they were so fascinating really interesting like conceptually um but yeah a machine for pigs as well if we're looking at something slightly bigger <laughs> <laughs> so the amnesia games i like those too but uh yeah mainly horror pure horror but fan here. this is this is great because when Adam left, we had like a void where it's not that nobody liked horror, but nobody liked it quite as much as he did. Mm. So now we've got two horror fans. To fill the horror void. <laughs> fill the horror void. <laughs> fill the horror void is like an amazing name for a metal album. Uh, we can definitely work on that. We can just all scream together and try and simulate, <laughs> simulate what that metal album might be like. Exactly, scream, eh? Um, cool, that's good. Horror games. All right. Uh, now I'm going to ask you both, what is the worst game you've ever reviewed? Uh, who wants to go first? I feel bad because I can't really think of anything that I've, like, flat out hated. I don't really hate things. <laughs> Like across the board. Typical I've been, YouTuber. <laughs> I've been super disappointed. Well, I've been really disappointed before. Um, so like Rise of the Tomb Raider, the Mirror's Edge Catalyst, that just really I actually started making a video for Mirror's Edge Catalyst and decided not to post it because I was just so nonplussed about the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> but I didn't That's hate it. That's damning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no no flat out hate. No, you know, throw it on a fire and watch it burn. I, it's not probably the game I've hated the most, but for whatever reason, I'm just thinking of um, Everything, which was the David O'Reilly um, one where you were like, you could be a penguin. What, the, the really gentle, nice game about being everything? Yeah, but I was like, well, if it was just like, you can be whatever you want and listen to like a, a lecture from Alan Watts sometimes as well, because the lecture was really interesting. I was like, yeah, this is cool. But I felt like it was beating me about the head with its thing. I was like, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. I can, yeah, oh, I can be a microbe and then a universe. But I liked the bit where I was like, just a herd of lampposts wandering around a landscape. <laughs> that was cool. Um... And I didn't review it, but like shout out to Detroit Become Human because that game's real bad. <laughs> I haven't played Detroit, um, but I hear, I'm not going to say I hear mixed things. I hear negative things. Well, it's like loads of people really, really liked it. And um, you know, it was while I was at Video Gamer that it came out and uh, it was reviewed by my colleague there and he gave it a four. And for weeks and weeks afterwards, we just got loads of comments from people saying we clearly just didn't understand narrative or games or David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> like, and people were just really mad that we didn't like the game. Like, really bad. Someone was like, you should close your operation down. You should all be fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. It's yeah, like, dude, brutal. I just didn't like the robot game. It's not that good. It's, it's actually pretty bad. <laughs> It's cool if you well, do like it. <laughs> well, um, here you'll have the luxury of not having to give a score. Oh, I know, I'm um, so excited about that. But you'll also that also means that people will pick out your sentences individually and tell you that you're wrong about that particular sentence. <laughs> um, because they can't take a number and argue with that. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that's going to be interesting. A whole new world. So, it's a different class of of commenter um but yeah okay cool good to know you're both into horror mm. 
neither of you particularly hit things with all the fiber you're being. Mm. That's good. <laughs> we basically got two atoms for getting rid of one. So I feel like we've come out on top here. Uh, sweet. All right. Let's move on. Uh, E3 was last week, and I guess we all had some thoughts about that. Mm. <laughs> A few. <laughs> uh, I was there, but um, and I have like a big backlog of articles and stuff to write. Uh, I'll also put a link to all of the E3 2018 stuff that we've done so far, because there's loads. But... I wonder, what was it like for you guys viewing it from afar? Alice, did you even, did you watch it? Because you were off. It was like your your time off, no? No, 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 it wasn't. Though. I was like, we did, um, uh, so again, I was still at video game and we did like pre-shows oh. and post-shows, like live streams for all the major conferences. And I think we all sort of lost grip on reality <laughs> over the course of three days. <laughs> Because, like, oh, so many of the conferences were so weird and so many strange things happened. Like, the Bethesda conference was kind of like like a, a variety show at, like, a high school because it was, like, a musical performance and then, like, Todd Howard doing stand-up for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so odd. I was sitting... I was I was there for the Bethesda one. I didn't go to all the conferences, but I went to the Bethesda one. And whenever Andrew WK came out, it was I couldn't stop laughing. I think I was the only I think I was the only one like seated around where we were seated. I was just sitting there just chortling. I couldn't stop myself. Because everybody in the audience was just kind of sitting mildly enjoying Andrew WK, which is a musician that <laughs> most people would like be jumping around and throwing themselves you know around the mosh pit for but we were all just sitting like very calmly politely appreciating his music it was really really surreal i don't know if you watched the stream back but for some reason they kept cutting from andrew wk giving it some to like the audience just on their phones or whatever i was like what stop cutting back to them oh my god it was so it was really really surreal i mean i think it was probably the the oddest part of any of the british conferences i was at well Um, i mean there's always a weird ill-judged musical performance right and i'm just really happy that it was andrew wk this year who i unironically love i think he's great and i like just seeing a lot of people do love him but like i just don't know why (laughs) it chose (laughs) to have him come out for rage 2 it was so good and he had like three guitarists and the drummer didn't have shoes on (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i think that's good i like that we agree that the best part of bethesda's press conference wasn't like rage 2 or the elder scrolls 6 or whatever (laughs) it was andrew wk that wk playing to a a room full of sedentary people Mm. and todd howard saying the f-bomb oh they did enjoy that didn't they yeah i think i missed that he was really excited that you can get a glow-in-the-dark map of the fallout landscape as a special <laughs> really excited oh yeah he was super into it i'm not gonna do like the who won e3 thing 
but I will do the, what do you think was the what would like what game excited you the most or what news announcement excited you guys the most? Mm. For me, it was probably Beyond Good and Evil Two, just because I wasn't really expecting. I thought because you know with the Space Monkey sort of stuff that they've been revealing, they've been showing a lot of gameplay. And I kind of thought they would do the same, just a little bit of, you know, I don't know, something in-game. But they just kind of came out with this massive cinematic beauty. And, yeah, I got really excited. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember a lot of people, like, saying they just, just want to watch the movie of this. They don't care for a game. <laughs> True. <laughs> it was really interesting, though, because they kind of brought out all the... Well, the classics, really. I mean, the page was in it, and Jade kind of came back. Although, for a second, I had to go back and play the first game, at least the ending, because cause she's obviously evil. No pun intended, in Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, and I'd forgotten all about that sort of plot twist at the end, that she was, in fact, possibly alien? Weird. Oh, is there a weird thing at... Is there a weird thing at the end of Beyond Good and Evil 1 where she has like a tattoo or something on her? No, there's a like a little teaser bit at the end where Paige has this kind of alien fungus growing out of his, not hand, what would you call it, trotter? His <laughs> <laughs> little trotter. Um, yeah, but like, no, there's because he, I guess, gets infected by the alien ship because... He was kind of trapped in it for a while. He was kidnapped by the dogs. Yeah, yeah. But I think sort of the final level when they go up against the Dom's king or whatever, the the big creature, he's sort of saying to Jade, like, you, you know, were one of us or something, and the pig has hidden your real origins from you and all this kind of stuff. So I guess they're going to go with that story thread. I totally forgotten about all of that. Yeah, so had I. <laughs> But wait, I, I wasn't sure when Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be set, because I swear mm. at one point they said it was going to be a prequel, mm. but, but like, the characters don't see, well, I guess it's, you know, a completely different generation, but they don't seem like they'll, they will have aged that much in between the two games if it is still a prequel, so I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I got confused as well, because I, I didn't think it was a prequel at first. I thought they said that it wasn't going to be, like, it was a whole separate thing initially. So I got super confused when Paige started talking in the the trailer we saw at E3. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't think they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they've made up their mind yet, maybe. Um, they're flying exactly by the when... their pants. Yeah, it just feels like they don't, or maybe, because it doesn't feel like they know what they've, decided on or maybe it'll be a thing where you flash back and flash forward or something but i don't know mm. um because i thought yeah they were like gonna be protecting her as a child or something i can't remember yeah because um, they did say like there's this whole section i yeah there's sorry i'm gonna really nerd out here but <laughs> Paige kept talking about how you know when jade was a baby or when she was really young Paige and her parents were trying to escape the authorities because of what they were doing, although I'm not, it never really clarified what it was that they were doing. So at what point, yeah, yeah, it's kind of difficult to know where in the timeline they're actually kind of setting it. Probably doesn't help that it was very vague in the first game. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that, though. I don't think yeah. it's anywhere near done. It's one of those, it feels like it's going to be one of those uh, that's brought out 
every E3 to try yeah. and like keep people happy. <laughs> but you'll be old and grey when you actually get to play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alice, what about you? What did you enjoy the most? Uh, I enjoyed... Actually, I did like the um, the cyberpunk trailer, uh, which again is obviously like... It's it's weird getting excited about that kind of thing because we've only seen like very controlled bits mm. and pieces. Like no one's really no one's played it. They've just seen the same gameplay demo and stuff. But um, I'm you know a big fan of RPGs and I like that kind of genre. And I you know I play the Shadowrun TRPG. I haven't played the Cyberpunk TRPG, um, but I think that looks like it's going to be really interesting. And I'm I'm really up for it actually being. Um, kind of a uh, first person because I know loads of people were upset that it's, it's not going to be third person but I think it could be really cool I don't um, know why people are that upset about that mm. I guess they just want it to be the witcher but with like mohawks <laughs> that's um, probably it <laughs> it looks good in first person we got to I got to go see the the like the the demonstration that they gave to Preyas behind closed doors um which I'm not sure if they're going to show to the public or not. They've been like, I don't know what their plan is with that, but they should show it, I think, because it's really good. Um, mm. It's really interesting, at least. Um, and it does look good in first person. It's not. Somebody else also made a point. One of our commenters, I think, made a, po- a really good point, which is that if you're setting a game in a packed city with lots of alleyways and small, tight spaces, then third person doesn't really work because the camera is mm. constantly going to be pushed against your back. Mm. So just for pra- for practical reasons more than anything, you're going to have to look through, down the side of a gun rather yeah. than at the witcher's bum. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, were the streets like? Were they like packed full of... Like, how did it look? <laughs> they, were, they were packed with people and stuff happening again this demo was really uh it was scripted and it was very it was like sculpted almost um to the point where you know every person who came out every report you read about it is going to be exactly the same identical um because they did all the same things but it still looked the streets looked really, really busy and really bustling. Like everything was alive. All the people looked different or weird or strange. There was stuff going on everywhere. It was almost overwhelming because at the same time I was trying to write down as, in as much detail as possible what was happening. Mm. But I was just constantly writing like random words together like police tape, man in <laughs> yellow jacket, street cleaner, <laughs> stall selling watermelon. What is going on? <laughs> just trying to keep... To, to keep it together to try, to try and make sure I got in as much detail as possible um, but there just wasn't enough time to drink it all in with my eyes right and was I, it like regular watermelon or was it like weird futuristic watermelon I don't I don't know it's too hard it's too hard to keep a track of it I don't know maybe it was cyber melon it, it could have been something um, but yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of detail and I um I don't know if they can do it to that um like to that high a level in the real game because I feel like if they did make an entire city be, like, to th- th- this level of detail it would take them like 10 years. Mm. Um 
so I'll reserve, you know, judgment. Um, but I could see a lot of people if they showed that to everybody tomorrow, like if they just released that same gameplay demo to everybody tomorrow, everybody would be looking at it and going, right, this is the game to look out for for the next three years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might reach the same amount of hype as like the most hyped things, uh, which is probably a curse and a blessing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, you're right to be excited. (laughs) Good. but don't don't be fooled. <laughs> Actually, one thing that I did think was really interesting, not necessarily like my favorite thing, um, but and it kind of goes back, what well, does go back to Beyond Good and Evil 2, is when they were like, here's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And, um... <laughs> oh, yeah, I just don't think I'd like that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was a lot of discussion afterwards about, like, because Hit Record, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's kind of, like production company that is just crowdsourcing people like it it works in a weird way and there's a lot of people saying like like if you do this you'll be working on spec and like you won't really get paid very much and all this kind of stuff and I thought it's very in, strange and kind of interesting move for a big mm. publisher to kind of crowdsource assets um yeah it felt really odd Kind of in keeping, though, I guess, with what they're sort of... Because, you know, it's all about, with the Space Monkeys, it's like, we want to make it with you, and we want you to be a part of the development process and everything. So I guess that's sort of the angle they're taking with everything, to a degree. At the same time, it also feels like cheap art. Like they're buying some cheap art. (laughs) Yeah, because I think they've, like... Because Hit Record do pay, but, like on this weird system where like because i i when it was like quite new like years like eight years ago or something i went on hit record and it was all at the time it was like a bunch of like there were some like proper artists but it was mostly like teenagers uploading poetry about their breakups and stuff and um (laughs) and they hadn't actually like made anything at that point and now they have made stuff and the way they divvy up money and profits is kind of um but like they will arbitrate and say like well you contributed this pattern and that we judge that it was worth this much money and so sometimes creators will get like thousand dollar checks and sometimes they'll get cents like literal pennies um and with this hit records got like i think they've set aside fifty thousand dollars total for all the assets that they're going to produce for young and evil 2 which doesn't seem like a lot I mean, if they, yeah, depending on how much they take from people, but also there's just the, yeah, it just feels, it's not exactly exploitative, but it's a bit cheeky. Yeah. That's, that's mm. how I feel. I feel. I feel it's cheeky. Like, just employ some artists, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just give some good artists good work. What else? What else did we, what else did we like? Well, what was your favourite thing? Because you were there. I was there. Um, it was odd in that cyberpunk was the best looking thing. Um, but a lot of the stuff that you go to see, you don't get to play. It is like the cyberpunk demo where you just get shown a demonstration of somebody else playing it or a video or whatever. So I didn't get to play a lot of the most interesting thing, more interesting things like Just Cause 4 
I got to see and it looked like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> the, there's been a trailer for it and stuff like that. Uh, the show, the tornadoes and sandstorms and stuff ripping everything to shreds. But when I saw one of the people from Avalanche playing through it, it, it was... It was really them playing through it. I could tell by the things that were going wrong. Like some, like he, the guy playing like shot a grappling hook at the wrong thing, and it just it just flubbed or whatever. It didn't work properly, and and he got scolded by the man who was you know bringing us through it, who was talking us through it. He was like, "Yeah, well done." Um, <laughs> so I could tell that it wasn't as scripted as all the other demos had been, mm. and it really came across just how fun it would be to play. Mm. So he was chasing a tornado in a big storm chaser truck and uh, they've got this new thing it's called the front line. I don't know if they had it in the previous Just Cause games but it's it's like a big long stretch of the map. You know the way in Far Cry games they, you capture a certain point or you, you clear an outpost and then your rebels have it or whatever and there's no more baddie patrols in that area. Yeah. The same thing kind of happens in Just Cause 4 it looks like except that all along the frontier where the two factions are facing off, there's a massive, massive war going on. <laughs> so it's just a big, long front line of people shooting at each other across, like taking cover and shooting at each other from a distance, like rockets crossing a river or just gunfire going across. The whole area is all burnt and scorched and horrible compared to the rest of the landscape, you know, behind either line um and that looks really really fun and the guy playing soared over it in his wingsuit and uh yeah find a tornado and then it's weird like you the tornadoes are set are kind of on almost preset paths and i think that there's a few of these paths in the game but it just tore through an enemy base but the enemies have these giant wind guns so they can, they can direct the tornado away from them what? so they're basically controlling the weather they they have a base there was an airfield and um they had these three or four giant wind guns all pointed at the, tor- the, the tornado all manned by some guy who's just pointing at a tornado going it's not getting in here i'm holding it at bay with my wind gun <laughs> And you had to, as Rico, you had to like fly in and blow up these wind guns so that they couldn't hold the tornado back anymore. But meanwhile, the tornado is just waiting. It's just sitting in the one place, like kind of tearing everything up in the one place. And just kind of like politely waiting until you get rid of the wind guns. <laughs> um, and, then it, and then it rolls in and it just brings up planes and cargo containers and everything. And you can jump on one of the cargo containers and get taken up into the kind of air. It's really, really cool looking. It's really fun looking. Um, I I think of all the games that I saw and couldn't play, that was the one that I was like, just just put it in my hands. It's clearly I can clearly do something in it now. Let me fly <laughs> and control the weather. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. I saw loads of other stuff, um, which I'll be writing about over the next two weeks probably. Yeah, I counted up all the the stuff. You you've got like fifteen. Still a go, right? Something like that. I've got, a lot. I've got, yeah, I've got like a big to-do list in our shared Trello board that's just full of just, this was around E3, I've got like, write about Trials Rising, write about GTFO, write about Soul Calibur 6, write about Hitman 2. There's a lot of stuff to cover. It was all 
at least okay. If I've chosen to write about it, it's at least interesting looking. Um, I'm not writing about the quiet man, for instance. Oh, okay. Why? So, uh? Well, I don't. Well, because like we were kind of interested in that back home because we didn't. We just saw like the trailer and we're kind of like, what is it? But uh, did you see the same trailer that I saw? <laughs> it's like a teaser, right? Like it was just quite short. Yeah, it was amazing. There was a guy who was like, we didn't order any chow, and then it we went from live action to... <laughs> <laughs> went from live, seamlessly from live action to... Uh, to mm. um, CJ. It was amazing. It was the be- be- best trailer of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was not convinced at all. You don't think it's weird? It's weird whenever, like, I was about to say FMV turns into real game when when live action becomes a game. Yeah, it is obviously. <laughs> like, I assumed that like that wasn't the whole game and that was just the trailer. If it is the whole game, then that will be really weird. <laughs> but like, I thought no, they I, were just trying to. I be think this is this trailer. is a part of the game. Really? Oh, I think wow. this is. Yeah, I think this is this is like uh, the game includes this functionality. I don't know. Is it a bug or a feature? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if they just accidentally included loads of takes from a trailer they did for E3. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was The Quiet Man. Not to be confused with the 1950s movie, The Quiet Man starring mm. John Wayne. Love that movie. <laughs> um, you know, my granddad's in that movie. No way! According to my family, my granddad is in the bar scene in that movie. Oh my gosh! I've looked for him. And I can't tell which of the old geezers in the bar <laughs> are my granddad, but apparently he is there. But yeah, E3, what else? What else? Did anything else look bad to you guys? Or is there anything you want to vent about? You're allowed to vent on the podcast. Mm. Well, the Sony stream made me really mad, but that's really not relevant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it make you mad? Well, because, I mean... So it started at 2am, or like 2.30, I can't remember which, and then like there was five minutes of um, the banjo being played really well, (laughs) to be fair, and then there was like 10, 15 minutes of gameplay of The Last of Us Part 2, and then there was like a 15 minute intermission while they moved the, uh, the journalists to a different room, and then there was five minutes of uh, a man playing a Japanese flute. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 then there was Ghost of uh, Tsushima gameplay, but at the, at the, by this point it was like three a.m. and and we were all kind of slightly going a bit mad and thought that like Sony stream was going to be like four hours for just these four games, and that each one would be preceded by a musical performance. So like any second, you know, Kojima was going to do like a free form blues exploration on a guitar or something (laughs) (laughs) and i just got impotently furious with sean laden i was like what are you doing (laughs) what is this um all of the journalists who went to that were equally furious um they hated being moved from one room to the other it meant that they couldn't cover it as a press conference at all Mm. there was just no chance that they could do their jobs yeah it was really strange it was um, odd. I did like actually um, 
It's the new untitled Goose Game, but uh, Man Eater. Oh yeah, mm. the shark game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm laughing because I, I had to. I covered it in the PC um, video I did for the YouTube channel, but I have a real fear of like deep underwater things and sharks. So when I was editing the video, I was like having heart palpitations. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I can't actually watch it back. There's like that little shot where the shark kind of comes out to grab the scuba diver and uh, it scares me every time and I edited it. Like, I know it's coming. (laughs) Oh no, we're going to have to make you play it. Yeah, I really need to. Just like, what is it? When you get over phobias, it's that sort of exposure thing. I'll just have to use Maneater. Yeah, do it for the vine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Do you have like a fear of deep water as well? Yes, yeah. You're I'm a th- thalassophobe. Is that what that's called? Thalassophobia, yeah. Yeah, no, I really don't. I'm, I'm not into it. I played Soma recently as well, and that was sort of... Because you have to go to that deep, deep, deep water mm. sort of quarantine thing, don't you? And, oh my gosh, I hadn't even considered it before I started playing the game, even though I knew it was underwater. And, uh, yeah, as soon as you go down in that little cage, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, I streamed it live as well, so that was entertaining for everyone else except me. <laughs> how, how do you feel about crocs? Oh, I'm not too bothered about things like that. Crocodiles, oh, okay. piranhas, that's okay. But it's just sharks. I, I'm not really... I, ca- I can't watch Jaws. Can't I was going to say, because the Resident Evil 2 remake, it, they have confirmed that they're keeping the giant... The just shark. Oh, no. Crocodile? I think there was a there's a crocodile oh, and an alligator that... in the in the sewer. Oh, am I confusing it with code? I thought Code Veronica. Maybe I'm confusing it with that one actually, because there's a zombie shark somewhere. I'm sure there is. <laughs> it's Resi. <laughs> this is bound to be. <laughs> Speaking of the Resi Two remake, go on. It just looks great. <laughs> That's all. I I I missed. I think I missed the Resi remake trailer entirely. It, they didn't really give too much away, particularly. I don't think there was any gameplay in it. I can't really remember. I just remember the beginning part of it. I think I probably lost my brain a bit during E3 as well. Oh, yeah, because it's from the point of view of, of a rat. A rat, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because it was like a little rat scuttling around. And uh, I specifically remember it because it was, again, oh, very early yeah. in the morning at this point, And me and uh, someone else in the office both were really confused and were like, is this Ratatouille? Are they doing... <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Gritty Ratatouille. <laughs> the most horrifying Ratatouille. Um, I do remember it now that you're talking about the rat. Yeah, it gets crushed underneath a, a shelf or something, doesn't it? Mm, like a cereal box shelf. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> Actually, talking of rats, did, uh, was there... Because I'm really interested in uh, a plague tale... Mm. Um, did you see any of that? I didn't get to see a plague's tale. I'm sorry. I got the I got the option to um, when I was divvying out my itinerary, but um, I just couldn't fit it in. I'm sorry, mm. Alice. I'm it's sorry. okay. It's fair. That seems like another one that's going to be at like every E3 until it comes out. Um, but, it uh... is the one about lots and lots of rats chasing you through the streets and you have to use like fire and light to keep away from them or something yeah yeah you're two defenseless children and there mm. are swarms of rats 
But and I there's people, I think, trying to chase you too. Mm. Yeah, it's like an Inquisition going on or something, isn't there? Yeah, it's like medieval France, I think. Yeah. You guys love these scary things. <laughs> I'm just not into them. Well, it did take me a while. Like, I, I, did, I used to hate playing scary games. Like, when Dead Space came out, I could only play it sort of 20 minutes at a time. But I, you just sort of gradually become immersed. You get into it. And, hmm. Yeah. You sort of get used to the formulas as well. So yeah, really... right. <laughs> I can deal with them sometimes. I think it depends on the game. Like, Soma, I thought, was brilliant. I've been, like, waiting for a game to be as good as Soma. You know, as short and as good and as finishable as Soma. Mm. Uh, it for a while. Uh, and I really liked Alien Isolation because I had... You know your fear of sharks, Noah? Mm. Well, I have a similar fear of the xenomorph from Alien. <laughs> uh, it's somewhat of a less debilitating fear because they don't they don't really exist. But um, for years and years, I had nightmares about them, and I, I I haven't had a nightmare since I completed Alien: Isolation. So I feel like Maneater playing through Maneater might actually work. Hmm. Yeah. Desensitizing yourself. Yeah. That must have been pretty terrifying playing Alien Isolation, though, because the Xenomorph looks very good in it's that game. <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. There's a, bit of, there's a bit later on where there's more than, more yeah. than the Xenomorph. There's, there's more. There's a, there's a worse fate than being stuck in a room with a Xenomorph. Um, and they just... Yeah. Were, were there any... Um... Games now in your um your video that it was kind of the like cool ones you may have missed uh that you kind of did like when weren't terrified of uh ooblets 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 I I feel like I've been following that one for ever forever in a day but I don't know because I they the developers it's like a two person team they have these um like dev vlogs and newsletters and stuff so I kind of maybe that's why I feel like I've been kind of focusing on it for a while because I'm constantly hearing about Ooblets. <laughs> but uh, now they've changed the the sort of Pokemon battles for dance battles instead, which just sort of makes it all the more lovely, if that's even possible. <laughs> so Ooblets is the, is the, like, farming... That's right, yeah. Cute, it's like a farming... Cute farming dancing game. Yeah, you kind of do a bit of everything in it, I think, because you can sort of customise your character and you sort of collect these ooblets you sort of grow them as well but i don't know if you sort of because there's a community side to it obviously you're living in this little village so i don't know how much you know how many side quests and things there are going to be with sort of other neighbors and things but it just looks lovely like sometimes you just play games to just feel happy and ooblets is definitely that for me <laughs> you know that it was i went to uh, an indie game event called the indie mix that was in la at the same time and ooblets was there it was running on a TV, uh, as opposed to a shoe. What? Um, <laughs> it was. It was. It was running there, and I stood behind uh, the person playing it, mm. and I thought, "Okay, great, I'm going to get to try Ooblets. I've seen this. This is going to be fun." And I stood there for ages, and the person in front of me was very frustrating. <laughs> he just kept fighting radishes. This must have been. This must have been an earlier build. Right. Sorry, so there were like Pokemon-like battles, but there weren't any dance battles. Right. So this person in front of me just, I don't know why, just loved to fight 
radishes, the little tiny <laughs> radishes with faces that run around and you can get into fights with them. And he just kept doing it. It was the same thing over and over again. I was like, do you know how to play a game? <laughs> I go and, go and fight something else or go and do a farm, please. <laughs> but he didn't. So I left. Jeez, maybe that's where they maybe that's where they took out the uh, the battles because just people kept having it out for the radishes. Ah oh, man! But did it look? But aside from that, did it did it look lovely? It looked lovely. It always looks lovely, though. It always looks good. I I, I know Blitz GIF is a good is a nice thing to witness. Good way to start the day. Uh, <laughs> What else did I see at that event? Neocab. Have either of you guys heard of Neocab? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It was good. So Neocab is a game where you're like the, one of the last taxi drivers. And it's an interactive fiction game where you kind of, uh, you just talk to passengers as you take them around. And you have to try and get five stars from them and good money so that you can sleep in a nice hotel instead of a dingy Airbnb apartment um, or whatever. And uh, I was watching some people pick up passengers and I picked up a couple of my own. One of them was a cultist who had weird tattoos on his face and kept talking about the pain worm. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I think his name was like Agamem- Agamemnon or something weird. Uh, and he, uh, he was going to the subway, the disused subway tunnel or something where his sect lives. And uh, he just kept going on about the pain worm. He looked very, very sad. The pain worm is the difficult second album after Phil the Horror Boy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the pain worm is, yeah, the one that just wasn't as good as the Horror Boy. Uh, the writing was very good. And it felt like everyone you were picking up had their problems and their you had to kind of try and navigate their problems without seeming too impolite or, you know, rude or anything because you want to get a good score. But you also don't want to, like, you want to address what their problem is. You want to give them good advice. There's a guy who's on a date in one of them. He brings his date on in your cab and it's part of his date to go through this cab, this cab drive. And he's this really creepy, condescending man. But his girlfriend, or like his date, is just a horrible bigot to you because you're a human driving a car and she thinks it's beneath humanity to be doing that. Uh, And it's just this really awkward drive. I saw somebody else playing through this one and um, it's just this really awkward drive. And there's loads of just nice little vignettes of human oddness happening Mm. in in a dystopian kind of place. Um, hmm. So yeah, that was probably the best one at that indie mix, I think. That sounds really good because obviously the the story's kind of got that mystery sort of threading through it, doesn't it? But if the social interaction is really good, it's probably going to build it in a really subtle way, which is good. <laughs> and you can pick up the same people again and again. So if I'd stayed on and played the next day, I might have been able to pick up that cultist again later and <laughs> find out that you know the pain worm has abandoned him or he's lost oh, right. faith in the pain worm or something like that so their stories like can take place over multiple like days if you yeah the head writer of it told me that you can each person has i think three different 
like journeys, like three different arcs. So you can go through their entire arc, but sometimes you can miss them and you'll just play through the game and you'll you'll not pick up a person and the game will register that you're not interested in them, so they won't like give you them as a they won't offer you that character as a as a passenger anymore or whatever. Huh. Um so yeah, it's it feels like a lot more detailed than it looks. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, that sounds really cool. It sounds it's kind of it reminded me when I was looking at it of um kind of the Red Strings Club and that kind of sort of dialogue as puzzle and like dialogue being the game kind of thing. Hmm. Or like yeah, um yeah. uh where the water tastes like wine, which is obviously a very different aesthetic, but uh that yeah, I I love the idea of like just conversation being what you do and being the game. What else did we see? I feel like I'm hung up on all the like the big big ones because DMC five was like quite the surprise, personally. Okay, so do you play the Devil May Cry games? Yes. Can you please explain to me <laughs> what the hell's what, going on with what, it? <laughs> both what they are and what why are there two why are there two Dantes and what what just what well i think that's the beauty of it you you can't explain it <laughs> it's really i don't know like it's a wacky it's weird but that's kind of what i love about it it doesn't make a whole the heap of sense but it's just you get to you know hack and slash things really smoothly to heavy rock music usually or not in the case of dmc to fill the horror void <laughs> precisely <laughs> We were all really excited when we saw that because, um, like, everyone I know really likes um, DMC. And so for a hot second, we were like, is it DMC too? Have they really done it? Like, um, But yeah, I think it, that looks really cool. Um, I'm up for that. Um, and yeah, there was that confusion because there, there are like three protagonists, right, for this one? And so everyone yeah, was like, is yeah. that Dante? No, it's not Dante. Like, yeah, it was confusing because they've all got, they sort of had facelifts. So I didn't recognize Nero at all. Mm. The main guy, I was like, I have no idea who this dude is. Um, and then, of course, when Dante came in on the motorbike, I was like, is it Virgil or not? I don't know. <laughs> weird, 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 weird. <laughs> <laughs> so DMC, the the kind of most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. That main character you play with the short hair, he's not Dante. No, in he's DMC Dante. It is Dante. <laughs> but this is the this is the continue like the continuation of Devil May Cry 4. So where the main the... character is Nero, who's Virgil's son. <laughs> this feels like a soap opera. <laughs> so hang on. The so the short haired Dante isn't in Devil May Cry 5. Well, it looks like he will be in... Well, um... <laughs> you mean the protagonist of DMC? Yeah. I, no, that's not. So that yeah, that short-haired person in D- Devil May Cry 5 wasn't wasn't short-haired man from DMC. I'm so, so lost. <laughs> they do look yeah, no, he's like... similar. <laughs> they do, and it's kind of ironic, really, because people were kind of annoyed with the new look in DMC. I actually thought it was quite sad because the the guy who came up on stage to talk about Devil May Cry 5 was very much like, this is the real follow-on 
of Devil May Cry. And I was like, but DMC was good. Oh, yeah. There was like some serious side-eye at Ninja Theory. It was like, fans have been asking for a true (laughs) Devil May Cry game. I was like, whoa, all right. Awkward. Leave to me alone. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know who the new, because there's a new sort of sidekick lady, isn't there? I don't know if she's... Well, there's the... Have you seen the... There's like a poster or something or an image with three characters on the front Mm. and they're all kind of walking away from the camera and the person on the far right looks like... I've forgotten her name. I want to say Trish, but I don't think that's right. The the lady with the short dark hair and the giant weapon thing. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name either. Um, Yeah, because I... They've confirmed that you will play as three different people over the course of the game, but I don't think they've confirmed who the other two are. Who they are. are. Okay. But one of them is Nero. The son of Virgil. Yeah. (laughs) Who is not Dante. Of course. Of course. Oh my god. It all makes sense now. So confusing. Uh, What else? Was there anything else? There's so much to talk about. Uh, Oh, did you... This game is quite a, a... Small indie game, but I, did I see that you saw Ashen? I did. I got to play a bit of Ashen. You played Ashen. How does Ashen play? Ashen plays. Uh, it handles exactly like Dark Souls. Oh no! It, well, well, well. Do you, I I like Dark Souls, and I don't mind the control scheme or anything. But the control scheme is virtually identical. Like every button I pressed, every little control thing that I tried, it all matched Dark Souls. Mm. Um. And but the the enemies whenever I was fighting them weren't as tough or as difficult, so getting around wasn't like as much of a chore. Uh, again, I only got like thirty minutes or something with it, so I didn't get a lot of time. But the world looks really really nice, and it just looks intriguing in a way that Dark Souls is kind of it's good. But when you boil it down, all the baddies are kind of this the usual demons dragons fantasy stuff in ashen it's a little bit more odd um there's a big 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 gargantuan beast and whenever i was walking around this uh uh this kind of hilly landscape we could see it in the background further on down the valley and it's just like it it looked like what are those aliens in mass effect called the ones who just float around and have big long tendrils. Uh, the Hannah? Hannah, yeah. Yeah, it looked like one of those, but massive. And it just kind of sits there. It's called, it has a special name, but I can't remember what it was. I'll write it all up <laughs> from my notes. Uh, but there's that. There are these big, tall people that kind of remind me of the giants in Banner Saga. Like, they're just kind of big versions of people. There's one of those, you know, he's only got one arm and he tries to send you on a mission. And everybody talks in, like, that really weird cryptic way uh, that you might know from Dark Souls, but it's full of ashen lore instead of Dark Souls lore. And yeah, I really wanted to kind of keep wandering about it because it looks gorgeous. Mm. So, so nice. I'm super interested in ashen because it, yeah... I just think it looks really cool and really different. And if I, I hope I'm not completely making this up, but um, the devs are from New Zealand, and I think a lot of the stuff in it is based on kind of New Zealand sort of history and folklore and myths and stuff. So I'm super interested to to properly get to grips with Ashen. They are from New Zealand, yeah. 
Uh, I don't know where any of the lore thing was com- comes from. I, I didn't go in prepared, so I didn't even know that. What was I going to say? They, the, instead of Firelink Shrine, they kind of have a town. And when you get there, it's just a kind of an encampment of bandits and horrible people. And the developer was saying you clear them out. And as you go through the world, you meet new NPCs and people. And you can you find them and you tell them about your town and they go back to your town. And, and eventually the town grows. And instead of just a person showing up and being there around the bonfire or wherever on the steps, they actually grow the town. So the, they'll get new buildings or... Uh, tents will pop up, you know, people's shops, a blacksmith will appear, whatever. And, uh, like, he fast-forwarded in time and showed me what the town would be like, and it looks really nice. It's just full of people, like, all being peaceful and going about their daily business, but in those odd, kind of, otherworldly clothes that everyone wears. And, uh, there's also a weird thing where you, you get a spear weapon, and you can throw this spear but there are these statues dotted around. They're like Buddhist statues. They're just kind of cross-legged guys sitting on the ground. And if you throw your spear at them, you instantly teleport to them. Hmm. So to get around the really, really large uh, open world, you can get around even quicker if you just throw your spear from statue to statue. So you just kind of zap from statue to statue by throwing your spear. Hmm. Um, th- there's just lots of little details there. They're good. It just looks like it just looks like a good game. I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Assassin's Creed mark as well, so I should say that I am looking forward to Assassin's Creed Greek edition as well. <laughs> Cause you can romance people in it now as well. Everyone's stealing Bioware's stuff, man. Except Bioware. Mm, Except I was Bioware. Say. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can play two different characters. Well, you can play like a man or a woman. Yeah, which is really cool. Is nice. so the, mm. the joke is that they have now learned to animate women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. And you, they both get the same um, romance options in it as well, so you can be super gay, which is great. Um, what did you think of Anthem, by the way, you guys? Mm-hmm. Meh. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks... It looks gorgeous. I mean, seeing the characters like flying, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit bitter because with the whole Mass Effect Andromeda debacle, um, it sounded like they wanted to kind of implement a jetpack so you could fly about in that world, but it seems like it was just sort of, it wound up in Anthem instead. So maybe I'm just really resentful and every time I see it, I'm like, wow, that looks really beautiful. I wish it was in Mass Effect Andromeda. (laughs) But it just looks very Destiny, which is good. I mean, it, you know, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Well, I, like, Destiny's not, like, a, a bad game, but, like... No, no, not by Bio, Bioware doing Destiny is fundamentally not what I play Bioware games for, I guess. Yeah. So I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm just a bit like, just, just do the Dragon Age. It's fine. <laughs> Put them all on that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how they're going to do the story thing. Yeah. To quite the same kind of level that they're known for. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, it will be yeah. interesting. It's it, I'm sort of like, I should probably buy it because otherwise EA will close Bioware. And... 
Oh, I did. I did get to see a demo, but it was pretty much identical to the one that they showed uh, to the one that was shown during EA's um, conference, uh, except that it was unedited. So I get to saw the. I get to see all the boring all the bits in oh. between. <laughs> um, but they did, again, they didn't. Yeah, like you said, they didn't show any of the story stuff, uh, which is Bioware's strength. So I don't know. They did show a lot of jetpacking. Um, mm. I think for a game that's like Destiny, it matters more how it feels in your hands rather than yeah maybe how it looks. But even then, like Destiny, I get bored of really, really quickly because there's nothing else motivating you to keep going apart from more loot and stuff like that. It can feel it can feel brilliant, but if it does, if you've no reason for it to feel brilliant, then yeah, just kind of give up after a while. The scope though of Anthem is pretty pretty insane just the the sort of section where they're kind of flying above ground and then it looks like they go into sort of underwater caverns again nightmare for me but it sounds <laughs> like it's kind of the, the verticality of it is really it looks really incredible it does look cool i like the fact that your um your suit like overheats whenever it's flying um and you have to fly through waterfalls to try and cool it down or if you yeah, dive into the water, it becomes cool and you're just like flying through the water without mm. a problem. Um, so it does look like it has, you know, there's thought that has gone into the moving around this cool world. Um, but again, most of that thought ends in, oh, here's a thing I need to shoot. So mm. yeah, I never really... No, like... Sorry, Sorry go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, if there's no, like you were saying, if there's no- nothing driving it, then... There's no reason to keep going. Yeah, because in like in in Mass Effect, in the Mass Effect games, he almost resented the the shooty bits. You know, the yeah. the guns in conversation. <laughs> the guns were the least interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why they've decided to go the guns route when the conversation route was the one that they were always good at. Then again, in recent years, I haven't been really. I haven't really liked the conversation side of their games either, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Bioware. Oh man, EA's conference was weird as well. I, like this year, I think there are a lot of like really low bar clearing moments where like devs could just be like, "And there's no pay to win." Everyone's like, "Whoa!" Oh my god, <laughs> you're absolutely right to say that it was low bar clearing. It was just like, "Oh, well done. You've done something that you." We should have been doing all along. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, by the way, Vince Sampala just... <laughs> like, what was that? Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I guess for any listeners who maybe didn't catch the show, there was one moment during EA's conference where Vince Sampala, who's the head of Respawn, the Titanfall, t- Titanfall 2 developers, um, was just interviewed mid mid conference, and what he, what was he interviewed about? It was um the new well, Star Wars game. Yeah, well he was there, and we were all like, "Come on, Titanfall 3. Um, but then he was just sat there in like a plain black cap, just like chilling out. Like obviously hadn't even been sat there for the whole thing. Like they turfed some poor YouTuber out so he could sit there to do his bit or whatever. And, like didn't even have like a logo or anything. It was just like, yeah, we're doing a Star Wars game. That's it. 
obviously like this is like e3 is a stressful time and you're just sitting there or whatever and um he's there to you know do his bit and talk about the game but there was something about just his glassy eyes just (laughs) just as he talked about this new star wars game and i was like i don't know if you want to be doing this vince you're (laughs) you made you made some brilliant games like the titanfall games and then we're shafted by you know the release schedule or whatever and now you've been given a star wars game and you know if 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 anyone can make a good star wars game i'm i've got faith in respawn to do it but he did not look like he wanted to be there <laughs> no <laughs> and also the fact that they just cut to him being like yeah we're doing star it's called was it uh star wars jedi something it's, but he said it's set in like the dark period where like the Jedi are kind of being hunted down and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, cool, but like, it didn't like the fact that it was just. And don't get me wrong, like Vince you know, has contributed to some great games, but like just throwing to him and not even having any him on stage, not even like having a logo or anything, just felt like like EA didn't care and didn't expect us to care either. <laughs> Oh, per respawn. <laughs> um, I feel like the best part of any conference was definitely the dancing pandas at the start of Ubisoft. <laughs> that, that was so joyous. I was so happy to see them. I was really hoping the panda was going to take its head off and turn out to have been Uncle Eve's all along. <laughs> <laughs> like the guys that would have been incredible. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I feel like E3 was like, boy, we're going to get some great year- uh, games in like two years' time. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, did feel that way. There are lots of smaller things coming out, I think, that are, are going to be good. Mm. Um, Hitman 2, I got to play a bit of it. It was good. It was it was Hitman Season 2 more than anything. Like, a lot hasn't changed, but I'm up for that. Mm. Um, I played some Soul Calibur 6. That was fun. Um, got trashed at that. It just got beaten to bits. Was that Soul Calibur? Is it was it Soul Calibur that was like we're gonna be serious now? Like, or was that? <laughs> if they no, that's Dead or Alive. Oh, I knew it was one of them. Mm. Um, Soul Calibur Six is not being serious, and it is definitely not toning down its sexy costumes at all. <laughs> um, it was embarrassing. Uh, to to kind of be there and. Having to play it, <laughs> um, but it was really, it was really fun. Like it, I think it's a, it's a, it was a really good fighting game. It felt really good. Um, and once I'd figured out the kind of, the, it has this reversal mechanic, or you play like a game of rock paper scissors, basically in the middle of a fight in slow motion. Um, and once we'd figured that out, it was really good fun, but it was still a bit seedy. <laughs> it's um, like were you at E three the year that they had the three D porn demo? No. <laughs> it was like a couple of years ago. I think it was E3, before, maybe 2016, and they had 3D porn and there were just like loads of sweaty dudes like queuing up to watch porn in public. Is it like 3D and or like v- VR? Oh yeah, VR, sorry, yeah. Similar thing. Oh, <laughs> dear. <laughs> uh, what else is good? I actually just thought of something that was a little disappointing, which is definitely the opposite of good. We but, can talk about disappointing things, it's fine. Well, I was quite excited for the new Remedy game, and I can't actually remember the title of it. Control. But that's it. 
That's it. I wasn't too... I was just a bit... <sighs> underwhelmed, really. It sort of looked a bit more... I guess I was kind of personally hoping for a bit more Alan Wake, but it looked more Quantum Break. It looked like Inside to me. <laughs> it looked oh, like sorry. if you gave the child from Inside a gun... And made him, made, give him superpowers to slow things down. That, that's what control looks like. I can see what you're saying, because it's that sort of bleak grey sort of palette, colour palette. There's all these weird like floating bodies and odd things happening in the background. You don't know what they are, why anything's happening. Yeah, I was just a bit... I don't know, maybe because I was expecting something more horror-minded. Mm. I was sort of hoping it was going to do something like that. But it really didn't. I really thought it was going to be Quantum Break 2 when that trailer started. Because it yeah. looked so much like that. I was like, oh, I hope they have one of the other hobbits in it. Like... <laughs> <sighs> what else? I was going to tell you guys something, I can't remember. Oh, I went to see uh, The Division 2. Oh, yeah. At the Ubisoft stand. Um, so I showed up at the Ubisoft media um, offices that were there. And I said, oh, you know, I'm here to see a bunch of games. I had like four in a row, but the Division 2 is first, and that's the most important one. And uh, the person at the door, she was like, oh, um, yeah, we've just got you down here. You're go- you've got to go into Skull and Bones now. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm here to see the Division 2 first, so like, i got to get that one done. And uh, she was like, all right, well, I, ca- I can't let you in there right now. And I was like, did you know who I am? I didn't say any of this. I didn't say any of this, but I'm thinking it. And I'm like, no, I'm a journalist. I'm supposed to be in there. And she's like, I can't let you into the Division 2 right now. Hideo Kojima just showed up and he wanted to, he wanted to play the Division 2. <laughs> so we've just given him the room. What? <laughs> Hideo Kojima is just in the room with his entourage playing the Division 2. <laughs> You got bumped for coach. Yeah, the coach just... And then, like, 15 minutes later, I was standing outside, and, like, coach and his crew come out and sidle past, and I'm like, cheers, man. You've put me back 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was just, like, the oddest little... That was the oddest cameo of my E3. It was just seeing the coach, like, looking to play Ubisoft's Washington, D.C. shooter. <laughs> Makes me think of Michael Jackson shutting down an entire supermarket, you know, just so he can get some grocery shopping done. Um, I did have a really good time at Ubisoft. um, I think in general, though, I tried to ask some questions about The Division 2 to uh, the person who was showing us through the demo. Um, and she started to answer me, except uh, then uh, a PR person came like running over and said, this person is not a speaker. And I was like... She's got a mouth and she's talking. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing you can say about a human being who's doing those things. Oh my god! And I just basically got yeah. She just got shut down. I was like, all right. I just wanted to know how the raids work. Like, <laughs> but I had a really good time. Otherwise, I got to play Trials Rising, um, which is really fun when you play in two-player tandem mode where there's two people on a bike. Uh, it's ridiculous. Did you get to play Skull and Bones? Cause, um, I did, yeah. Because I played it last year and it was really funny because I was in a booth. One of the guys I was playing with, so it was like 4v4, one of the dudes was dressed as a pirate and was going like, yeah, my heart is down the mic. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy who was like, you know, helping us along and like helping us with the controls and stuff, kind of, he was like, he went, um, 
Yeah, it basically uh, controls exactly like Black Flag. And then, like, Cole himself and was like, I mean, uh, not exactly like Black Flag, it's it's different. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, really similar. It was fun enough. I don't feel like... I don't know how they get a whole game out of it. It doesn't quite stretch to a whole game for me. Mm. It's fun. It's it, fun enough. It looks like they've changed a lot from last year, but I still don't think they can sell it like f- for like 60 quid or whatever without people going like, it's Black Flag. It definitely wasn't my Ubisoft highlight. That would be Trials Rising. Um, what else did I play? I played a game of For Honor, um, which, mm. was f- which was fun to play without the disconnections. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went there. Um, no, but it was it was really good. I got to play the new breach mode um, and with some of the new Chinese characters. Um, and I had forgotten, I think, how much fun it can be. Uh, and I was really worried going in because I I've rubbished for honor so many times in the past. I knew like if any of these people see my name tag. They might recognize it <laughs> and just be like, oh, here's the guy who hates our game. But I don't hate their game. I just hate the internet. And I had a really good time. Yeah, just thrashed loads of people who hadn't played it before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, jumped from some high wires and knocked them out on the ground and kicked people off ledges and stuff. It was just really good fun. So it just reminded me that that's a good game. For Honor's a good game whenever it works. Yeah, I think so. I had a lot of, like, when it came out, when it was working, like, the 1v1 duels especially, I think, are really good. Yeah, they're excellent. Is there anything else? Uh, f- what time is it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've gone, like, 15 minutes over. Should we do, like, a nice something to end on round rounded up point? No, what we'll do is... Um, we'll just have an extra long episode because it's E3 and we can do that for the E3 special. But we should look at what our readers uh, and listeners said. Uh, we asked our listeners what got you the most excited about E3 and why. Constantinos, who I think has done some writing for us at some point, says, uh, Seable which is uh, finally a game that manages to get the style of Mobius and do uh, wonderful interactive things with it. Uh, Seable is like the game where you're on a like a hover bike in the desert mm. um, and the art style looks really, really nice. It's beautiful, yeah. That's another one in your um, your video right now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think there's, um, there's dungeons in it. I couldn't really, because I watched the trailer and not the sort of talk afterwards, but... The trailer doesn't give too much away. I was just too busy being completely wowed by the visuals. They're absolutely stunning. And the use of colour is just wow. Especially, I think there's one section that looks like it could be in some sort of temple dungeon thing. Yeah, where there's this sort of orb sort of in the sky. It's just it's just really beautiful. Sorry, I'm terrible at explaining. <laughs> but it was gorgeous. <laughs> it's very gifable. It's a gifable game. Mm. Apparently I'm attracted to those with <laughs> Sable and Ooblets. <laughs> I sense a pattern here. Uh, Maris on Twitter says, uh, the onslaught of Battle Royale, somebody's bound to get it right, which is a good point. Everyone's doing Battle Royale now. Like, I was expecting, like, Battle Toads to be, like, Battle Royale. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Battle Toad Royale? Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a weird one to come up. I think everyone was joking about it being a thing and then it was actually a thing. 
And everyone was like, oh, <laughs> cool. Cool, a joke came true. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Matt says Cyberpunk 2077, yes, but it will take another 59 years to release. Which is a conservative estimate. Loads of people saying Cyberpunk, actually. Yeah. Mm. We've got uh, on Facebook, Alvaro says uh, The Elder Scrolls 6, because it could be anything. Wait, what? The Elder, the Elder Scrolls 6, because at this point, The Elder Scrolls 6 could be anything. Yeah. It, no, but we know it's going to be elsewhere. Well. I mean, you guys know you guys know that, right? It's going to be the Cat Kingdom. Oh shit, is it? It's definitely, it's definitely going to be the Cat Kingdom. Have you seen the... I did not know that. Have you seen the... Uh, well, you've seen the trailer. Like, there's a really big clue in the trailer. Hang on. Is there, a, is there like a mountain in the shape of a cat? Yes, there's two big mountains, and each of them, if you look at them, they look like an, the ears of a cat. And if Wait, you draw really? a cat face, <laughs> if, you, if you draw a cat face, then it looks even more like a cat. <laughs> so that's, it's elsewhere. It's bound to be. That would be really cool. It's not going to be elsewhere, but I really want it to be. That's why I'm convinced. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, all we know is that it exists, really. Um, I don't think it will be out for a good few years, though. I, I don't think 76 is going to be out that soon. So, Hang on. I'm just going to send you uh, a little picture here. <laughs> so you can see where the mountains... They're a little off. They're a little lopsided, but there's a definite cat comparison to be made. See, I thought you were being serious. I was, ex- <laughs> I was like, surely, <laughs> surely Bethesda wouldn't do that kind of environmental storytelling. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a lot of people saying it'll be Hammerfell or High Rock or some mixture of both. I would probably go with. Some mixture of both, and then they'll call it. They won't call it like after the region. They'll call it something else or something. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, I think those are probably good guesses. Um, what else have people said that they like the look of? Winged Seahorse uh, mentioned Dying Light Two. Yes, because it's sort of an interesting change going on there from whatever it was before to uh, more like emergent sort of play. Zombies mm. and parkour are practically my two favorite genres. They say I had mm. fun with the first one, but it could definitely do with some improvements. I'm playing a little bit of the first one now because uh, I was writing up the second, like the preview for the second one, and I realized I don't actually know how much of this already exists in Dying Light, so I'm going to go and play like just a little bit. I'll just go and play a little bit to make sure that I know, you know, what's new and what's what's old. And I've played it for twelve hours so far, so that <laughs> so so I, I definitely did. So I, I don't think I realized whenever I whenever it first came out how fun it is. Um, the story is silly, it's daft, but you just kind of, it, you, it's very easily ignored. And um, apparently the story in the second one is going to be uh, a little bit more, how would you put it? It reacts to how you, to the decisions you make and stuff like that. We've done a big preview of it, so I'll link to that. But yeah, did either of you guys play the first one? Briefly, but yeah. I wasn't really into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got burnt out on zombies, I think. Hmm. <gasps> How did you get burned out of zombies? They're only in all the games. <laughs> Not just games, they're everywhere else as well. Yeah, I think Dying Light 2 looks like a lot of fun. The daytime, they've done a new day and night cycle thing, so the daytime is less about the zombies and more about humans trying to fight each other mm. and get by and talking to each other and whatever. Um, and then the nighttime. 
all hell breaks loose. Yeah, the zombies come out of like the zombies take shelter during the day. So basically, the sun comes up and they'll go, "Oh, it's a bit bright in it," and they all <laughs> they all hide in shops and garages and stuff and warehouses, and they just all go into the inside. And they're just like, "Oh God, no! I can't be I can't be doing with that." And they just, they just hide. Um, uh, so it makes it, it makes interiors like if you go into any building or if you go into the buildings where they're nesting. Um, it makes that really dangerous during the day of the inside but then if you get into trouble you just kind of run out there was one point during the demo that we were shown where the guy was sneaking through this room and it was like an old fashioned shop and there was just mannequins standing everywhere but also zombies standing amongst the mannequins so that was scary that would probably bring me up my my fear is like mannequins and dolls okay well there you are right you wouldn't have liked this room okay because it was manic he he went into a room to avoid some uh like human human raiders or bandits on the street so the demo guy like snuck into this uh shop and uh you could just hear the zombie straight away but when you looked around it was like some were mannequins and some were moving a little bit you're like oh god this is a room full of dolls and zombies um, and he tried to get through it and he knocked over a shelf or something like smashed and it woke them all up and he was like no and he just had to run out and he like bashed through a window bashed through a door like tried to climb out onto the roof and as soon as he got out um, one of the zombies like the last zombie to, that was given chase ran out after him but as soon as he came in, out into the sunlight it just started like flailing and hating life <laughs> and it's like trying to shield its eyes and it just it just like flailing around and it reacted to the light you know in a kind of vampire way almost so they're like zombie vampires um which i think is really different from the first game because in the first game the zombies the regular old joe zombies they don't care about the sunlight at all um they don't change during the night really there are some like extra baddies but they don't the normal guys don't change this time it looks like they really they've really made the day and night different or that's what they're trying to show anyway uh so yeah good shout sorry i just went on a little bit of a rant that based on what this person said <laughs> uh blacksican kills it on twitter says and i'm highlighting this because this was actually one of my favorite moments of e3 that i completely forgot about uh says gears 5 because it's my fave series and i loved uh microsoft doing the gears of war fake out that they did that was turned out to be a double <laughs> fake out wait what was the fake out i forget well, so there, there was like a, the Gears logo came on screen and then there was like a chainsaw noise and then it turned out to be some weird like Funko Pop mobile game. <laughs> yeah. So everyone like popped for the Gears and then we're like, ah, ah. and then uh, like uh, some devs came out and were like, only joking, we are doing Gears 5. <laughs> this was This was fun for us because whenever... Like the whole day before that, everyone, all the journalists were all like whispering to each other, like, oh, there's going to be new Gears games. And everyone was saying there's going to be two new two new Gears games, two new Gears games. And then someone was like, no, I've heard there's going to be three. And then everyone was saying there's going to be three new Gears games. And everyone was like, wait, where did the third one come from? We kind of know what the other ones are. We feel like we know what the other ones are. What is the third one? And I remember saying the day before, I joked, I was like, mobile game. And everyone went, (laughs) (laughs) and it turned out to be true. (laughs) And it was Funko Pop as well. So odd. Uh, There's been a terrible trend of jokes coming like Battletoads. And then I can't remember who it was, (laughs) but someone, it might have been um, Lucy James, was like, ahead of um, one of the conferences, was like, do another, like, 
Kingdom Hearts trailer, you cowards. And then they did. She's like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh my god. Never been a Kingdom Hearts person, really. Am I missing anything? Do you guys know? Uh, I never got into it because it seems too wildly complex. But I am a big fan of just like, just Donald Duck, you know, help helping someone <laughs> out kind of thing. I love the weird mashup. I want them to do something really weird and unexpected and, and announce like Hannah Montana. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of love it. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, that is. I don't like the sort of Square Enix side so maybe i like 50 percent of it i like the sort of disney aspect of it and it's so pure it's just so pure you like the hearts but not the kingdom quite (laughs) okay cool all right well we'll probably leave it there in terms of our readers and listeners thank you for telling us what excited you um and thank you alice and noah for coming on you'll both be on again uh alice you'll be on more regularly yeah i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be great we're gonna be like a a dynamic team you and me pro points for using the word dynamic you're sounding like an e3 presentation oh yeah (laughs) buzz buzzwords uh uh, dynamic um visceral immersive this um it's a living breathing world iconic four times the size of skyrim (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're both gonna be four times the size of skyrim <laughs> uh right okay if if uh you guys have any uh themes or suggestions for us you can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com um if you want to check out uh noah's videos on youtube and matthew's as well you can do that that's rockpapershot uh is the name of our channel we're on Twitter and Facebook at Rock Paper Shot as well. Go check all of those things I Do the little heart buttons and so forth. Um, and yeah, tell your friends that we're good to listen to because we're nice people. And your friends will like you for introducing us. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? Uh, Andrew WK rules. Excellent. I think that says it all, really. <laughs> all right. Goodbye then. Bye. It's fine. Leave it in. It's real.